It's awesome that we're here this morning uh, to be able to worship God together, and our purpose is going to come up on the screen. And we like to say our purpose together because we're here as a church for a reason. So if you'd say this purpose with me, it's to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel and biblical community. And uh, we've been going through the Westminster Shorter Catechism and taking it question by question. And pretty much every week we have a question, and this week it really relates to the message. And so this is question number six. How many persons are there in the Godhead? And the answer is that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. And this morning, we're going to be talking about the Trinity, mainly the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And it's going to be a time for us to try to understand an infinite God with finite minds. This is going to be fun to do, right? It's going to be exciting. It's going to be action-packed. It's going to be something that will draw us closer to God because as humans with finite minds, it is really difficult to, to understand and really impossible to understand an infinite God. But he's given, us, he's given us his word. And as we look in his word, we get to see all kinds of things about him. We get to see all kinds of things about the power of of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to jump right in uh, to the scripture this morning. This is in John chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you need a Bible uh, out in our lobby, there are Bibles there for you. Uh, if you don't have your Bible with you this morning, you can look up on the screen and follow along with me. This is in John chapter 16. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this, now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief, but I tell you the truth, for it is your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, and in regard to sin in, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have so much more to say to you, more than I can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from, from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine, and make it known to you. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come to you now acknowledging our unworthiness. We have failed in so many ways, yet you still invite us to your presence. Lord, thank you for not treating us as we deserve. We thank you that even though you're our creator and judge, you're also our Father. Even when we wander away, you offer us a road back to you. You speak to us through your Holy Spirit and through your word. Yet we confess that we don't always obey what you tell us. Father, show us the best way to live through your very word. Help us to live a life of truth and love. Help us to love others freely and to show mercy. And God, I'm so thankful that we're able to partner with so many other Bible-believing churches. Lord, we thank you for Reverb Church and for the Village Church and for Colonial Church. And we thank you for Church on the Rock and, and Turning Point and Anastasia Baptist and so many others, Lord, that we get to partner with to proclaim your goodness. 
Lord, I pray you have your hands over those, uh, those believers as we're one body together. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So what are you scared of? As we're talking about the Trinity, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Did you know that 64% of people are scared of the dark? Did you know that? See, since, uh, since it's very, very dark in here and 64% of you are scared of it, maybe we should turn the lights back on, all right? But do you know that 56% of people are scared of snakes? Did you know that? Chris is obviously not scared of <laughs> snakes. Do you know that 76% of people are scared of public speaking? That's good job security for me, right? Nobody wants to do what I'm doing. See, when... I was growing up, I very rarely uh, went to church, but the few times that I went to Catholic church, there was something that I was really scared of in Catholic church. They kept talking about the Holy Ghost, and I did not know what they were talking about. Here I am in church wondering, what is going on here? There's a Holy Ghost that's supposed to live inside me? Aha! I was uh, pretty scared by that. See, the other persons of the Trinity I can kind of get. You know, God the Father, okay, I, I have a father. I understand what it means. I, I get it. I, I understand that. And even Jesus, as I was growing up, even not in a Christian environment at all, but I saw the, the blonde hair, blue-eyed pictures of this Jesus, and he looked friendly enough. But the Holy Ghost, now that was really scary. And as we're looking at the Holy Spirit this morning, through the lens of the three great loves, that we're going to love Jesus, we're going to love one another, that we're going to love the lost. It's good that we have an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Because I think we really fall off of two cliffs as a society. They have one cliff of people that are so obsessed with the Holy Spirit, they're kind of freaky, right? They're the people that you sometimes see on TV, and they have blue hair, and they're talking about the Holy Spirit, and people are falling over, and I don't know what's going on there. And then the other side, which I think is, is where the church tends to fall on, is because we don't really get the Holy Spirit, because we don't understand the third person of the Trinity, we just don't talk about it a whole lot. We don't talk about the power that can come uh, with knowing who the Holy Spirit is. And so this morning, if we're going to really love Jesus, if we're going to really love one another, if we're going to really love the lost, then we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. First of all, it's not an it, it's, it's a he all through scripture. We see uh, him referred to as a he. He's the third person in the Trinity. And we see that Jesus actually says that we're better off with the Holy Spirit than we are with him. That's what the point is this morning. It's better have Jesus, it's better have the Spirit inside us than Jesus beside us. And I don't think many of us actually believe that. I think many of us would rather have Jesus walking uh, beside us than the Spirit inside us. But Jesus says that we're better off. He says that the counselor will come. And if we look in the original language of what counselor means, it's the word parakletos. Para means alongside, and kletos means called. So the Holy Spirit is called to come alongside us and inside us so that we, as we're doing our lives, we're able to count on God himself in our lives. And it's a really powerful thing if you think about that. You think about the creator of all uh, the universe. 
sending Jesus. And then when Jesus goes away, he sends his Holy Spirit fully for all believers to experience. And so the things that we struggle with, the things that we're trying to work through in our lives, we can count on the power of the Spirit that he has it under control. He's the one that intercedes. He's the one that advocates for us. He's the one that helps us to work through the difficult things in life. And and life can be tough, right? I mean, life can be really hard. We talked about it in our prayer time right before the service. That I know many of you are coming in here with burdens on your heart, your struggles in your life, whether it be in your work or, or in your relationships or financially or emotionally, and you're, you're, you're struggling with things. But we see in Scripture that as believers, we're not left alone. That he didn't leave us alone. He didn't uh, take joy in us suffering. He sent the Holy Spirit to work through those things in our lives. It's better to have the Spirit inside us than Jesus beside us. I mean, can you imagine walking through life with Jesus right beside you? I mean, that would be pretty amazing, right? Every decision you have to make, you just turn to him, the God of the universe that's in the flesh. Hey, what do I need to do here? Hey, what's, what's going on? What should I say? What should I do? I mean, it would be kind of cool. Some of you probably wouldn't like it too much because of some of the things that you're doing, right? I know there's sometimes in my life I wouldn't want to have Jesus right uh, beside me. Um, But Jesus says it's better to have the Spirit. That as believers in Christ, we're able to count on the third person of the Trinity to lead us, to guide us, to help us in our life as the ultimate counselor, as the ultimate interceder. See, we believe that there is one true God who exists eternally in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are equal and are one God. But A.W. Tozer says this, it says, we might as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive we seek is the higher plateaus and things of the Spirit, all that is but gone. We have imitated the world, we have sought popular favor, we manufacture delights to substitute the joy of the Lord and produce a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Ghost. And so the action step, we're getting into it early, earlier than we normally do in the message, is to walk by the Spirit. Because I think first we have to understand who the Spirit is, and hopefully get a little bit better understanding this morning. And then as believers that we need to walk step by step in the Spirit uh, with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and, and how do we do that? Well, first, we have to realize that it, that it is better to have the Spirit inside us than, than Jesus beside us. And, and as we're working through things in our lives, as we're working through struggles, whether it be uh, addictions that we have or hang-ups that we have or hurts that we have deep inside, that we know that we can give those to the Holy Spirit. We know that the only way that we're going to overcome those things is by giving them to the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen, you've tried to figure those things out on your own, right? I mean, how's that working for you? How's it going? I know for many years of my life, as I was working through stuff, as I was struggling through things, as I was trying to find uh, the answers by myself, it constantly led to emptiness. It constantly led to struggle. It constantly led to more and more hurt. And I think sometimes as believers, we forget the power that we have in the Holy Spirit. We forget that we have access to the throne of grace. We forget that the Spirit is moving in our lives and we try to do things on our own. 
I mean, that, that's just our natural pull, right? That's just our natural bend to try to figure it out. And I'm going to challenge you this morning to stop trying to figure it out and start giving it to the Spirit. That's how you start walking in the Spirit. That's how you start understanding what it means to have grace and mercy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not of your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. I mean, if I, if I told you that I had an encounter with God and he entered into to my body to make me an unbelievable basketball player, how do you think I would play basketball? I mean, how do you think? I mean, I would be LeBron James times 10, right? I mean, it would be amazing because I had an encounter with God to be able to make me shoot unbelievable, to make me dunk, to make me pass. See, all of us as believers, we've had an encounter with God. And because we've had that encounter with God, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, and we should expect a change to happen, right? We should expect to think a little bit differently. And the reason why we don't is that we don't let the power of the Spirit work in our lives. And the believers here, the disciples here, they didn't really understand what that meant either. Because in the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit. I mean, right from the beginning in creation, we see the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was only uh, given in certain situations to certain prophets for certain things. And the Holy Spirit hadn't come fully. And the disciples had never really experienced that. And so as they're trying to think about what their life is going to be like without Jesus right beside them. I mean, they've been hanging out with Jesus for three years now. They've been seeing him do miracles. They've been seeing him heal. They've been seeing him do all kinds of things. They were really comforted by having Jesus right beside them. And Jesus is telling them he's going away. And so they're distraught about this. They're thinking this counselor, this spirit, what is that? I want Jesus. I don't, I don't want that spirit. I don't want that counselor. And they were distraught by it. And they were so preoccupied with losing Jesus that they didn't, they didn't pay attention to the power that they could find in the spirit. The first few verses here as we break this down. Now I'm going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, for it is for, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, Jesus understood their, their sorrow and their pain. He understood our sorrow and our pain. Did you ever think about that before? I mean, that's the whole reason why Jesus came in the first place. I mean, he, he, ha he saw us in our sin, in our suffering. He came as a seeking and saving Savior to come and save us. And when he went away, and he's going to come again, but when he went away temporarily, he didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave the disciples alone. He saw their grief. He saw what their life was going to be like without walking with him. And so he sent a counselor. He sent the Holy Spirit. And he sent it with a purpose. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. See, that, that word convict, it really means that he, he points out 
the, the failures and the sins and the way that we go against God in our life. And he, he's talking about sin there, about how we need to be aware of that. And the Holy Spirit does do that. He convicts us of sin, convicts us of things that we should avoid. And then it talks about righteousness there. That it makes us aware that in our own righteousness, we can't get to heaven. Because with all the sin in our life, it mars our own righteousness. And that's why we need Christ's righteousness. That's why we need the Spirit in our life. And it talks about judgment, because if we're going to stand before God on our own, then we will have to answer for every single sin we've ever done. We'll spend eternity away from God in hell. But he sends the Holy Spirit to convict, so that people come to know Jesus and come to know the truth that we can find in his word. In verse 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. I mean, isn't that amazing? In a world that doesn't know what truth is, in a world that's constantly changing the definition of truth, we get to know as believers in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, what truth is. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take what is mine and make it known to you. Now, right after uh, he tells the disciples uh, about this, their grief does turn in, into joy and they have some understanding of that. But after Jesus leaves, before Pentecost, you see a very confused group of disciples and they're, they're running away from Jesus and they're denying Jesus and they don't know what to do. And that's what happens when we walk without the Spirit. But when we walk in the Spirit, we get to see Him move in powerful ways. And when Pentecost comes and acts, we get to see the power of what the Holy Spirit does. Have you ever seen something, gone by an accident, or seen something, and you wonder what happened, like, like this picture, this happened in an accident recently? It's like, what happened there? How did one race car get on top of another race car? And when I start looking at what happened at the early church, my question goes, what happened? Here are a bunch of knuckleheads, a bunch of cowards that are running away from Jesus. They're scared of persecution. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and everything changes. I mean, listen, you're sitting here in a church 2,000 years after uh, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And you're here learning about the Holy Spirit. And there's over 2 billion believers around the world. How did that happen? Well, it happened because of the power of the Spirit. See, when I look around this community and my heart breaks about tens of thousands of people who don't know about Jesus... My heart breaks when I see marriages being ripped apart and people uh, in their relationships really struggling and not giving forgiveness and people struggling in their schools. My, my first reaction is to be heartbroken. But then I remember the power of the Spirit. And I remember what He has done over the last 2,000 years. And we're living proof about what He has done. And He's going to continue to move in this community and He's going to move in your life. We have thousands of years of evidence of that. We have evidence here in the life of this church. I have evidence in my own life. And if you look back at your own life too, you can see lots and lots of evidence of the Spirit moving. It's just when we're in the midst of things, we're in the midst of trouble, when we don't know how to make decisions, we get caught up in the moment. 
But when we step back and look at the whole picture, we see that we have a spirit that has been moving and will continue to move. The first series that we did this year was talking about disciple making. And really this whole year and beyond is, is, is what we want to accomplish here at Good News. We want to be disciples that make disciples. And we define a disciple as someone who uh, follows Jesus, who loves Jesus, who loves uh, one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and loves the lost. And we talked about the four chairs of discipleship, the four invitations of discipleship. And the first one is to come and see. And I'm talking about this this morning because we can see the Holy Spirit working in each and every one of these chairs, each and every one of these steps. The first step is to come and see. And many of you are on that, on that chair, that you're not believers in Christ. You're just coming and checking it out. You heard about the church. You have a friend that goes here, and, and you want to just learn a little bit about what uh, Jesus has to say. I had 21 years of my life in that chair. I was far, far away from God. Never went to church. I don't remember hearing much about Jesus uh, growing up. And I was in the come and see. When people invite me to come to church, I would go. And when people were inviting me to go to Bible studies, I would just come and check it out. And it wasn't anything to do with my strength. It was the power of the Spirit working in my life so that I could say yes to Jesus. See, the gospel has, has bad news. And when we talk about sin here, it says in regard to sin and righteousness, in regard to sin, men do not believe in me. It's the sin in our lives, and each and every one of us has that. But there's also good news of the gospel, that Jesus is going to be glorified. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. That he will convict us of our sin. He will make us know how we've messed up. He'll make us know how we've failed. He'll make us know how we've fallen short so that we need to respond. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you realize that you have sin in your life. Maybe you realize that you've messed up and you've been trying to do it your own way and now it's time to walk by the Spirit. And so I encourage you that if you've never put your faith in Christ, know that Christ is the Redeemer that came to give us life. And as we look at the work of the Trinity, it was God the Father that initiated the plan of redemption, and it was Christ that came as the infinite God-man on this earth to die a, a death that we could never even imagine how painful it was because he was separated from his heavenly Father, put all the sin, put all of our sin on him, and then he rose from the dead victorious as the Redeemer. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit that applies what Christ did on that cross to us as individuals. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, won't you do that this morning? You can do it right in your seats. You can come and talk to the prayer team or talk to the elders after the service. We'd love for you to make the best decision of your life to start walking by the Spirit by trusting in Christ. And if you have done that, then, then you're in chair two. And chair two is where you follow after Jesus, where he's uh, given you a new way to look at life. He's given you uh, an idea that, that when the Holy Spirit runs your life, when the Holy Spirit's working in your life, it's so much better than doing it on your own. I mean, haven't you experienced that if you're a fallen Christ? I mean, when we try to run on our own, it goes a certain way. When we let the Spirit run it, it goes a totally different way. And so as a follower of Christ, we want to continue to walk in the Spirit. And then chair three is to become a fisher of men. That if we're going to 
reach this community. We're going to transform this community. That we have to take a step out and use the gifts that God has given us so that we can reach our community. So that as a body of Christ together that we can glorify him. Yesterday we were at the Hop in the Spring event at World Golf Village and there were hundreds and hundreds of people there. And there was tons of you out there serving the Lord, using your gifts, reaching out to people uh, that desperately need Christ. It's a beautiful thing when we work together through the power of the Spirit. See, it's better to have the Spirit inside us than Jesus beside us. And chair four is a disciple maker. And if we're ever going to be people that are making disciples that make disciples, then we have to count on the power of the Spirit. We can't make disciples on our own. There's no way that that can happen. The only way that disciples are made, the only way that this community is reached, the only way that we're able to make a difference here and around the world is by walking in the Spirit. See, in Galatians chapter 5, verse uh, 25, it's a really interesting verse about how we're supposed to uh, walk by the Spirit. And this is what it says. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with keeping in step with the Spirit? How are you doing with following what He has for your life, no matter what the consequences are? How are you doing with seeking Him first? And I try to walk by the Spirit, and in this world it's really tough, but let me give you a couple of things that I try to do is that I try to spend time with Jesus. And I hear about these people that wake up early and they have this magnificent quiet time with the Lord. They get a big cup of coffee and they go sit out on their porch and they have all their notebooks and their books out and their Bibles out, all different kinds of versions of the Bible, and they go through it. Man, that sounds so awesome. That is not me at all. That is not me at all. Typically every morning I get kicked by three different kids at between four and six in the morning and groggily wake up and just try to make coffee for my wife and try to get the day going. So if your life is anything like mine, what do you do? Well, just carve it out. Everything else in your life is scheduled. Just mark it in my schedule. This is Jesus time. Just try to sneak away anywhere for any amount of time to spend time with him. Because if I'm going to walk by the Spirit, then I want to know what the Spirit has for me. And the only way that can happen is by spending time with him. You're here this morning. Congratulations. You could be doing lots of different things with your time. And, and Sunday used to be such a sacred day, right? And now there's all kinds of things happening on Sunday. It seems like our world just says it's just another day. But you're here gathering with other believers. That's important. That's important. That's a way that you can walk by the Spirit because your brothers and sisters in Christ can help and encourage you and point things out to you in your life. It's the same thing with small group. We just started a brand new small group season, and we're getting new people into small group. And I know we talk about it a lot here at Good News, but we believe that the power of that biblical community really is powerful, and we help each other walk by the Spirit when we're in that community. We encourage one another, and it's not perfect, but it's a time where brothers and sisters in Christ can help each other to follow after Jesus, to walk by the Spirit. And then I really try to find my treasure in Christ. I try to filter all the things that I'm trying to decide through Christ, and, and I come up short of this all the time too. But as I'm making decisions, as I'm going through my day, I want to know what Jesus would have for me. I want to know what the Spirit would have for me, and so 
we all are trying to make decisions, like how we're going to educate our children or what things we're going to watch on TV and what we're not going to watch on TV and how we're going to spend our money and what vocation are we going to pursue. And the typical American response is, is whatever is most convenient, whatever is easiest, that's what we're going to do. But the spirit response isn't always that. The spirit response may be more challenging than that, and he may be wanting to stretch you in something. He may be putting you through a difficult time right now so that you count on him more. I find in my life, the most difficult things that happen in my life, that's where I'm counting on Jesus the most. And I have conversations with the spirit all the time about this. I'm like, listen, I'll learn my lesson. Okay, you can just give me good times. I promise. I'll keep worshiping you in that. But what I find is when I'm going through difficult times, I, I find this place of desperation of trying to walk by the Spirit. And so maybe you're going through a tough time right now. Walk by the Spirit. He hasn't left you alone. And then as um, fishing for men, as we're talking about making disciples, as we're trying to reach people, just trying to pray for, for people that are in my life. In these studies that we have here, and these are brand new studies that we have, so please, please make sure you grab one. We're on page 17 here this morning. But in there, we talk, it talks about, uh, in previous studies, about the five people that we really want to reach in our life and to continue praying for them and to, to grow in the Spirit. And that's why we give you these studies, so please make sure uh, that you take uh, one of those. See, we believe it's better to have the Spirit inside us than, than Jesus beside us. And as I close here this morning... I want to ask you a very important question. Have you ever thought about what a caterpillar thinks? See, I never thought about that either. And, and, until this week when I was reading Francis Chan's book, Forgotten God. And as I was reading that, he talked a little bit about a caterpillar. And I, it really hit me. I mean, here's a caterpillar that's just walking along the ground, walking in dirt, walking up plants, spends his whole life like that. I mean, not a real interesting life, kind of a boring life, walking in the dirt, walking up plants, eating plants. And then one day, he takes a nap, a very, very long nap. And then all of a sudden, he wakes up, and he's that. I mean, what could that, butter, what could that caterpillar be thinking? I used to crawl on the ground in dirt and climb up plants, and now I have wings, and now I'm beautiful, and oh, what? I can fly? I can fly. This is amazing. As us as believers, that's what it's like to have the Holy Spirit. Here we are, crawling around through the dirt of our sin, shrugging through it, trying to get through it. It's really, really tough. Then we meet Jesus, and he empowers us with the Holy Spirit, and we can fly. We can fly in the Spirit. That we can soar through the things that are going in our life because we know the person who's in charge of everything. And he hasn't left us alone. He's given us the power of the Spirit. So let's walk by the Spirit. Let's not dig through the dirt. Let's fly. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful and so thankful that you have given us your word, that you have given us your Spirit. I'm so grateful that I don't have to do these things on my own, that I can count on your spirit to walk by the spirit as I'm going through things that are joyful, as I'm going through things that are tough. I know that you will walk there with me. Thank you for being the spirit that's inside me and the counselor that's beside me. Lord, I, 
I'm so grateful for that. Lord, I pray as a church that we would walk by the Spirit. We pray this all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.